You can do it, Katie. <laughs> Thanks, Lionel. I'm actually your number one fan. <laughs> I'm your number one fan. Oh, <laughs> hey, if it doesn't work out between you and Ethan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm low maintenance. Recording. <laughs> is the thing on? <laughs> this is for Brayden. <laughs> All right, stop, collaborate, and listen. It's Sorovival's brand new invention. Sorovival Digital, it's great to have you along. <laughs> Everyone's enjoying this one. Well, guys, I'm glad you're enjoying it because it is all out of Facebook, YouTube, and the podcast. Make sure you're checking it out on there if you're not watching it on here. So if you're watching it on here, watch on something else. Like anyway, there, there. Here, there, everywhere. We'll make it work. I'm glad you've uh, invited yourself on <laughs> before I actually managed to introduce yourself. You, Joy, how are you? I'm good, thanks. Uh, it's kind of how I roll. I like to introduce myself when I can. That's usually a good idea, except when we're doing a podcast, but anyway. Uh, Katie, how are you? Oh, I'm good, thank you, Joel. Thank you for joining us today. It's a pleasure I'm feeling, to be here. Feeling excited? Yeah, I had to get out of PJs for this. So. <laughs> well, I'm not, I'm not sure if you, if you did, because you've still got Ugg boots on there. Ugg boots are comfort. Ugg boots are incredible. For everyone at home, I upset Joy and Katie <laughs> by saying that I hated Ugg boots, and probably going to upset everyone at home watching this right now. They're probably watching. They're probably Ugg wearing Ugg boots. Ugg boots. Yeah. You'll never find a pair of Ugg boots in my wardrobe. I'm going to sneak some in. <laughs> well, that's just a waste of money. How, how do you feel about Udi's? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not on the Udi bandwagon either. I'm You're not? No. Joel, it's too hot. Joel and Jai, you really need to get on the Udi life. No, I just, I'm not going to do that. It's like wearing tracksuit pants out in public. Yeah. You just can't do it. There too. I do that. <laughs> well, again, I don't know. I'm not sure why you're on here. <laughs> Well, guys, we um, are actually partnering with our Aboriginal brothers and sisters uh, this week for NIDOC Week, um, and that's part of our long-standing relationship that we have with our brothers and sisters up in northern New South Wales and also western New South Wales. And now part of that relationship has been the friendship visits we have gone out on uh, many, many occasions. And, uh, Joy, I think you've been to quite a few. Would you mind uh, sharing how many? first of all, and then yeah. if you can get that mask off. Well, get it off without breaking it. Yeah. This is the last time I broke it. You've got to get it. it out of that beanie, I think. Oh, no, and beanie, beanie and glasses. The beanie issues, yeah. Mm, they don't Normally help. I kind of like take the glasses with them. Anyway, uh, I can't remember how many I've actually been on. Um, been on quite a few. The probably first one was probably about 17, 18 years ago, wow. thereabouts. Um, uh, yeah, so it, I still remember the first one really vividly. Uh, because it was the first time I, in, I encountered the Bawarana uh, thistles. They're like, they're like bindies, but they're only like, they're three prong and they're like inch long and <laughs> like they go through thongs and shoes and wow. there was like air mattresses kind of Deflating. getting... Deflating. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the, the following year, I think Brado and some of the guys got out there with some, uh, some diggers and kind of like grated these camping spots for us, which were just dirt. But they had, they had to go like, you know... Almost a foot deep to get past them all. If they were first experience, what did they? Did they? What did you spike yourself on? I think I, I'm. I, I like. I don't like wearing shoes, so I probably would have had thongs on. So it probably went straight through my thong, because I wear my. I like to wear my thongs till they basically are dead. So they would have been pretty thin by that stage, I reckon. And it's gone straight through into my foot. Got a, you know, bit of a nasty surprise. 
Ooh. Yeah. Yep. But yeah. Anyway, that's that and the flies. But um, but it was it was just it was awesome just going up and hanging out with the guys up there and seeing how they do church and getting to know more people up there. Uh, got to know heaps of people that even still today I consider really good friends. Um, and and just learning, I, I've learned what it used to be a Christian quite a lot from a number of guys up there, um, from Ike and uh, and back then too, Feli and his son Joel and, and a few guys up there. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And Katie, you went recently went on one too, is that correct? Yeah, about, oh. Not 17 years ago? No, two years ago. I think it was the Christmas of 2018. Oh, no, so three years ago. Yeah. Yep. About three Quick years Quick maths, ago. good work. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Yeah, and what, what was your experience like? Um, yeah, I, I loved it. We went to go and help for with the Christmas carol service and um, we did it in the caravan park and we helped set up and get some food ready for them and we got, got to just hang out and chat and Ike took us to some really important historical sites and told us about um, the impact and the um, importance of what happened there and how it's how they've moved past it or um, it's impacted their lives or it was just really beautiful to, for Ike to share that with us because he didn't have to share that and he shared and was so open and honest and vulnerable like we were old, old friends and it was really beautiful to just be enveloped in that community so openly and so quickly. Um, I was really touched by it and um, yeah, Ike and Eileen became like family very quickly I think it was helpful that um, I went with people who had been a part of that community for a really long time and um, but the way that they welcomed me was really lovely and beautiful and Ike and Eileen are coming to my wedding so yeah well that's really exciting Mm. and really that was a really cool story so thank you for sharing that Mm. Um, we're also going to hear a few more stories um, from uh, our friend Michael Duckett as well and we're going to watch those videos right now There you go. Hello. Michael Duck is my name. I'm a, I'm a Dungaddy man from the north coast of New South Wales. I'm also a, an Aboriginal pastor of our church, MacArthur Indigenous Church. And if you're an artist from the church, we come together just to do a painting. Uh, this theme for this year for NADOC is Healing Country. And uh, our little painting is a way we've tried to express how healing can come to all people. And you'll see a few of our artists sharing some of the meanings of the symbols on this artwork. Well, this red colour here represents the bloodshed of all the, all the massacres of, of Aboriginal people all over Australia. On here you'll see the cross. The symbol of the cross is made up of boomerangs. The reason why is that our boomerangs were the source of our our food, our provisions, our protection for our families. And likewise, when I see the message of Jesus Christ and his death and resurrection, uh, I see that um, he's our source of provision, protection, uh, healing. And you'll notice that uh, I've got blood spatter of paint red there, reminding us that uh, Jesus was nailed to the cross. And so there was a, through his blood comes our healing and our hope. 
all wrapped up in, in, in what he'd completed uh, on the cross. Um, so as we can see, uh, the white dots around the whole map, um, they represent um, God's grace among our people um, through all generations. On the painting you'll see uh, my son and my daughter's handprint to remind us that the story of the, the massacres and the bloodshed of our people has to be passed on to our, our children, the next generation. And along with that comes the message of the hope we have in Christ Jesus for all peoples. So it's a past and a future hope in Christ. On the painting you'll see words uh, surrounding the artwork. And that's because when it comes to the healing country with the theme, uh, God revealed to us a passage in the Bible in Second Chronicles that really talks about the healing of the heart and the healing of the land. And um, it says this, that if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and I'll seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, uh, then will I hear from heaven and I will um, forgive their sin and I'll heal their land. So we've tried just to paint that image. Uh, from our hearts to yours, to say that um, when there's difficult things in life, God still brings healing to the heart. So, and we see here that um, the dots that go to the, the corners, it's to remind us that the gospel message of Jesus Christ, the hope we have in him, uh, must be shared to all four corners of the world, afar, to all people, groups of all nations, so they too might have hope, healing, and healing of their world. This we trust. Oh, how high I climb out if the mountains were where you hide Oh how far I'd scale the valleys If you grace the other side Oh how long have I chased rivers From lowly seas to where they rise Against the rush of grace descending from the source of each supply Cause in the highlands and the hardest You're neither more or less inclined Cause I would search and starve and nothing You're just not that hard to find Oh, I will praise you on the mountain I will praise you in the mountains in my way You're the sun and where my feet are I will praise you in the valleys of the same No less God within the shadows No Oh, oh, oh. 
we are back. Guys, I am joined by a very special guest. So first of, but first of all, I'd love to reintroduce Katie Anderson. Hello. How Hi. are you? That's good. good. And of course, guys, you wanted it. You've heard it again. You've seen <laughs> it again. And we very much very we must see this because this is quite wild. Um, we've got Lionel with us today. Hello, Lionel. <laughs> What's your eating, Lionel? What did, what did you bring and why are you eating what it? What are you eating? I'm hungry. But what are you eating? Crackers, dip, Cra- whatever this is. Italian dressing, I can see. I'm very Italiana. <laughs> How many crackers do you think it will take until you're full? More than what I've got. Always more. More, 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 more. Do you ever feel full? No. So you're always hungry? Yes. Mm. Is that why you're so empty? You always seem so flabby. You've always got plenty of air, plenty of space to fill. Lots of space just goes in and I'm not hungry. I <laughs> just keep it. I'm always hungry. I keep eating. Does it ever come out, Lionel, or just stays in? I don't know. Do you, so you don't think there's anything in this world, no, nothing that could make you feel full? No. No? No. Why? Because I'm always hungry. Well, it's not just about being hungry. Feeling full can be something completely different. What do you mean, Katie? There is something that, that can make us full and have a really full life, and that's through Jesus, because Jesus brings life to the full. How full? Fuller than you could be with a world supply of crackers. Wow! Yeah. That's very full. Because Jesus gives us everything we need. But the most important thing he gives us is himself because he came and died on the cross for our sins and then rose again three days later. And through that, if we accept him and we love him, we are full because he will care for us like a shepherd cares for his sheep. He will care for us like, oh, I don't know. Like I care for crackers? Like you care for crackers, exactly. (laughs) Jesus brings life to the full. And so... The idea of being full is actually something that you can have, but that's only through Jesus. So I don't think you wake up tomorrow and feel full because you had enough crackers. I never wake up feeling full. (laughs) But you could through Jesus, but just not the hungry kind of full. It's a different kind of full. Ooh. It's better than hunger. Better than a hungry. Better? Better. How much better? So much better. So much better? So much better. Wow. So Jesus cares for us and he loves us and he is always there for us no matter what. And that's how he brings life to the full because he looks out for us and him and God, our Heavenly Father, love us so much that they are always there. We can talk to them whenever we want to through prayer and we can also hear from them through reading the bible which is something that we are actually going to do right now but i need need your help lionel because anything for you katie thank you because what we're going to do is we are going to read from john 10 and joel's going to read that for us but kids we actually need your help because when we read the bible there are a few actions i want you to do because there are there are some words that are said multiple times throughout this passage and so i want you to pay attention because we have a few actions that we're going to do love actions there are four you ready lionel 
Okay. The first one is thieves and robbers. So when you hear the They're words bad. thieves and robbers, you have to make like a... Yeah, like that. How'd you go, Lionel? Try and do that, everyone. I've got a pirate one. I'm a thief. <laughs> a, a thief and a robber. And a pirate. And the a pirate. Other, the other one is a gate. So just make a make a gate with your hands. Can Are you, you kidding that, me? Nope. Come on, Lionel. Have Come a on, go. Come on, Lionel. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> I'm a gate. Ha! <laughs> and then well, also when you hear the word sheep, you have to make sheep ears. Does and this then, work? That's perfect. Hey. And then a shepherd, you're holding a staff. So, kids, whenever you hear those words, make those actions. I'll be making them with you while Joel reads um, so you can pay really close attention to the Bible verse, which is from John 10. That's right. So, I'm going to read the Bible now. And this is when Jesus is speaking to a crowd of people. And he has a pretty uh, good go at some of the Pharisees in that crowd. You ready, Lionel? Ready! All right, make sure you're listening, guys, so you can do all the actions. Chapter 10 of John. Very truly, I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way, is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore, Jesus said again, Very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief only comes to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life, they may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is hired a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have no other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my Father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my father. The Jews who had heard these words were again divided. Many of them said, He is demon-possessed and a raving and raving mad. Why listen to him? But others said, These are not the sayings of a man possessed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? 
Oh, what do you think, Lionel? Wow. That's intense. That's intense. Did we do the actions right? I don't know. I was, I was reading. Did you, how did you go, Katie? Did you get them all? Uh, I missed a few sheep, oh. but I think, I think we did pretty well, Lionel. Don't want to count too many sheep. You might fall asleep. No, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we One, are going to... One, two. <laughs> we, are, we are going to hear from Jai now, who's going to bring us to talk, and we'll chat to him about it then. See you soon. Bye. And we are back. Thanks very much, Lionel, for introducing the Bible reading for us. Uh, did you? Uh, thank you for the... Actions there, Katie. Really appreciate that. Thank you. I'm also joined by Jai. Hello. Jai, you're doing the talk for us today. Uh, we, in the last week, we were actually doing um, what we had planned to do for the kids' talks a week away, but we transitioned that into having week away cancelled, so we thought, let's do the Jonah talks for four um, episodes across last weekend. Uh, we're actually up to a gap week, and uh, you have chosen to preach on John 10. Can you tell us mm-hmm. why you chose that? Yeah, um, I chose John 10... Oh, there we go. I've done the glasses thing. Um, <laughs> man. Katie, I think I've, I've just like got a what's zero. The, what's the rating on that mask removal there, Katie? Did you give that a two out of ten? Oh, yeah. Uh, maybe like a, maybe a 0.5. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Oh, I don't think that's the worst of the, It of wasn't all. smooth. Well, I've been giving nines and tens. So. Well, lots of, lots of room for improvement then. I think yes, I think so. Anyway, um, back to John 10. <laughs> John 10. Uh, I, I chose uh, John 10. Uh, because I, I really enjoy John's gospel as one of my favourite uh, gospel out of, out of the four. Um, and also I think that uh, in the time that we're in right now where we can't visit each other uh, and it's hard to keep those connections, I think uh, John 10 has something for us in this moment uh, that will be really helpful. Uh, it might not be helpful for everyone, but I have a feeling that there'll be some people that will really, uh, hopefully, God willing, really need to hear this uh, tonight and today. I'm talking about those connections, um, Katie. Your sister Courtney recently got married. Um, had to have a lot yeah. of different changes with uh, COVID, causing those changes. Yeah. What? Uh, how are Courtney and James going now? And what did they did they survive the day? Yeah, the, it was um, pretty crazy. It's definitely going to be a story to tell the kids one day. <laughs> um, it it was funny because it was very very stressful the week leading up to it but the morning of Courtney was just so stoked she was so excited and nothing could phase her and she was smiling and glowing all day and was not stressed at all and just the fact that she could still get married on the day she had planned and um yeah was a real blessing and we were very thankful to God for his provision over that because we it was the day that they announced the lockdown was the day of the wedding and they put the provision in that weddings could continue um, but not past the weekend. So it was a little bit... It snuck was, it in. Yeah, we definitely just snuck it in. Um, yeah, so we were... They're doing good. They're doing good. They're moving into their new apartment. Um, well, not their new apartment. Their apartment being renovated... Um, that they get to now move into because <laughs> yep. uh, James was living there before and it was a bit of a dude's place so yeah, they right. renovated it a bit so it could be a Courtney and James N- newer, place. Newer yeah. place. Yep. <laughs> a splash of pink um, or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, they're doing really good. Um, they're just really excited that they still got to get married yeah. on it was, the it day. It was cool how we live streamed anyway so mm. at least we have that some mm. form of connection. Is that kind of what you're talking about, Joy? Is kind of understanding what we can still focus on with God even though we can't be connected with each other? 
Yeah, yeah. I think um, I've done it again. That's twice now. Oh, is it even lower now, Katie? Because he's, even, oh, he's done it. He's repeat yeah, time. He's a, a repeat Maybe offender. It, it might be my party trick. <laughs> um, I think. Um, yeah, I think the. The, the problem we have is that we, you know we can't hang out with each other and 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 be physically with each other, uh, and therefore you know, being being present with one another is really important for each and every one of us. Um, and when we feel, I think sometimes when we feel like we are not connected, we can feel disconnected too from God and from Jesus. Um, and actually, uh, funny, I came across um, this really cool little story during the week uh, to talk about how. Um, how even though we might feel disconnected, we, we are always di- we're always connected with Jesus, always connected with him. Um, and it's, about, it's a story about an uncle trying to teach his uh, nephew and niece uh, about how, uh, how, they, how Jesus is always with them. And, and the, the, the story goes, uh, the, the uncle asks his uh, nephew and niece, you know, where's your mum? And the, the niece says, oh, she's upstairs. Uncle responds with, well, how do you know? Well, I saw her go up there, is the reply from the niece. And uh, the uncle corrects her by saying, you mean you saw her go upstairs? Maybe she didn't get there. Perhaps she's not there now. And the, young, uh, the youngest child, the, the, uh, the nephew, says, oh, I know she's there because I just called her and she answered me. And the uncle continues his questioning and says, well, how do you know? You didn't see her which the response from his nephew was no but she spoke to me and called me by name and I know her voice and I know it was my mother and to draw this to an end the the uncle says you're right and in much the same way we know uh, that we know that that they know that their mother is upstairs we can know that Jesus is alive and lives still today because he speaks to us through his word and we know his voice and so we know he's there and so I think even in with this sort of uh, time where we can't be physically with each other, it's good to remind ourselves and to remind each other that Jesus is always with us. And I think that story is really helpful uh, in, in reminding ourselves of that, that yes, we may be disconnected, but we're always connected. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Mm. yeah right. uh, well, we look forward to uh, hearing what you've got to say for us, <laughs> for all of us, and um, from, especially from God's word. So cool. take it out, take it away. Hey, how about I pray and we'll, uh, we'll dive in. Uh, dear gracious God, we thank you for this opportunity to meditate on your word. And Father, we pray that you would encourage our hearts, our souls and our minds through your word uh, right now. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, we heard Joel uh, just before uh, read out uh, John 10 for us. And what we find in John 10, that Jesus is not a stranger, that he actually knows us like a shepherd knows his sheep. And this is what I mean. John 10 uh, verses 2 and 3 says this, The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. And kids, if you're hearing this, I hope you're doing the actions as well, mm-hmm. just as Katie was showing us and Lionel was showing us. <laughs> the, the, the gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and he leads them out. What we find here is that, that Jesus knows his sheep by name. He knows us by name. He knows us completely. He knows us from our heads to our toes. Nothing we do surprises him. Jesus is not a stranger. And he's not someone who has no idea of who we are or what we're about. 
or what we're thinking. He actually knows us from the inside out. In fact, if you read Psalm 139, we hear how, how intimately he knows us, that he was there when we were knitted together in our, in our mother's womb, before our, our formless bodies even saw the day of light, he was there. He was there right at the beginning of us being put together. He knows every part of who we are. And to be known is such a wonderful thing. It's something that we all want. Because when we really get down to the, the nuts and bolts of it, we actually all fear being forgotten. No one likes to be forgotten. We want to be known. We want to be seen. In fact, I think it's one of the most offensive things to anybody is to, is to not acknowledge that they exist, to not see them. And what we find in this story is that Jesus sees us. He knows us. But there's more to it because he wants us to know him too. In fact, uh, this really, uh, really, this point, I guess, really kind of got driven home for me uh, when, it was a few years ago now, when our younger son Nathaniel was a bit younger. He still does this a bit today, but uh, more so when he was a bit younger. And that was that when I used to come home from being out, his older brother and sister would yell out, Dad's home, and he would start getting really excited. And if you know Nathaniel, he gets excited. <laughs> but there would be this excitement where he would be like, oh, yeah, I'm excited, but I'm not really quite sure, and is still kind of a little bit hesitant. But as soon as he heard my voice, and, in, uh, and the, I could hear what was going on inside the house before I got there, so I would actually call out and say, hi, Nate, how are you? And as soon as he heard my voice, his joy would just like explode <laughs> And it was insane. And it was such a wonderful thing to come home to. And as I reflect on John 10 and the, the way that the sheep hear the voice of the shepherd, I long for, for my joy to explode like that whenever I hear the voice of my shepherd, whenever I hear the voice of Jesus, whenever I read uh, his words and hear his voice and see him through his words, for that joy to just explode. And I love for, for us all to be like that. That when we read the words of Jesus, when we read the word of God, that our joy would just be not just overflowing, but just explode in excitement and in joy. To know that, that we are known by Jesus. We are known by the shepherd. This good shepherd, this shepherd who cares for us, who loves for us. This shepherd who is with us always, regardless of what restrictions are placed on us. He's always there. Because he's not a stranger, he is our shepherd. But not only is he that, not only is he is a, is a shepherd, he's also the door, the gate that we read. The gate for us and for others to go in and out from. Verse 7 in chapter 10 says, Very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. And there's this wonderful story of this woman uh, who was traveling around Bethlehem uh, a number of years ago, back when we could actually travel, which we can't anymore, but back when you could. And she came to this area where it was a sheepfold. And she was having a look and checking it all out. And not long before, uh, or sorry, it didn't take long before the owner of the sheepfold appeared. And this was like a, a he was like a veteran kind of shepherd. He was, you know, I think Moses-type long beard and staff, and he fit the picture of this very old stoic-type shepherd. And she asked him, he said, are these your sheep? Is this your sheepfold? And he replied with, yes, it is. And she asked, is, uh, she pointed, is this where your sheep sleep? Pointing to the rough kind of shelter that was thrown up against the rocks in a corner. 
which he nodded. But then she noticed something. At the entrance of this sheepfold, she noticed that there wasn't a gate. So she said, but you don't have a gate for the fold. How do you close them in at night? How do you protect them? And at this, the, this old weathered veteran of a shepherd emphasised, I am the door. And he gathered up his robes, his cloak around his ankles, and he sat down in the, the, the arch of the door. He squatted down in this doorway, back against one post, feet against the other, his knees drawn up, and he grabbed them with both hands and gently bowed his head and closed his eyes, like he'd done many, many other times, just to catch a few little moments of sleep under the starlight. And he repeated, he said, I am the door. I keep watch here at night. If thieves or wild beasts want to try and get to my sheep, they've got to tackle me first. I've never lost a lamb from the fold yet. I think this is what Jesus is talking about when he says that he is the gate. He is the door. He's telling us that if wolves want to get in and destroy or thieves want to get in and steal, they have to go through the shepherd. They've got to go through him. And we don't, we don't just have any old shepherd. We have the good shepherd, the great shepherd. We have Jesus who keeps us safe from all who want to enter in. But there's also another thing. See, if lockdown has uh, taught us anything, if lockdown has shown us absolutely anything, is that we are not content with just being safe. We've been told to, to stay inside, not to leave unless we have to, to keep us safe, to keep our community safe. But we're not content with just being safe. We're not being told to, to just stay at home and stay safe. We want to get out. We're pretty keen to get out and about, which is why we've got the new restrictions coming in this weekend. See, being safe is good, but it's not enough, is it? For us, it's not enough. We want more. We want safety, but we also want to live. And when I say live, I mean we really, really want to live. Even if it is in lockdown, we want to go on more walks. We want to, we want to do uh, catch-ups with people that are unintentional. We want to do all these things. We, do, we want to keep living life as best we can. We want to live it in all of its fullness. We want a fulfilling life, a meaningful life, a deeper life, a more joyful life, a life with all the things. We don't just want to be safe. We want to live life large. And so that's why Jesus goes on and says in verse 9, he says, not only am I the gate, if you enter through me, you'll be saved. He says that there is more, there's heaps more. He says, they will come in and out and find pasture. Now, did you hear that? So the point of the sheepfold is about safety and refuge. It's not like lockdown. There's much more to it. See, there is green pastures and still waters. And if you're thinking shepherd, sheep, green pasture, still waters, you might be thinking of Psalm 23, and you'd be right. These things that will revive our soul, delight our soul, bring us joy and contentment. These are the things that Jesus is talking about here, these, these things that are more that's why, again, in verse 10, he, we, we find where he says that I have not just come to give life, but to give it to the full. See, he came so that we might be saved and that we might go out and in and find pasture. This sheepfold that the shepherd uh, looks after and cares for us in is dependably safe, but also it is also so deeply soul-delighting. It is a refuge, but it's also about abundant life. 
Not about having lots of stuff, but it's about having peace, about having joy, about having God. It's about a life of joy, of delight, peace, a life of safety, of thankfulness, of soul satisfaction. This safety, this deep soul satisfaction actually comes, though, through the cost of the shepherd. The shepherd actually lays down his life so that we may have life, so that the sheep may have life. That's what we find in chapter 10, verse 11 and 13, where Jesus says, I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. He goes on and says that a hired hand would actually flee when danger comes. When a wolf attacks, they run away because they are only hired. They have no investment in it. But the shepherd loves his sheep dearly. And so this shepherd is willing to lay down his life, to to pay for his sheep. And for us, we know that that payment is a payment of sin. The standing up and defeating of the thief of sin, defeating the wolf of death, where uh, none of us are actually uh, prone to that anymore because Jesus has paid for it. The shepherd stands toe-to-toe with the thief. He stands toe-to-toe with the wolf and defeats it once and for all so that we are safe and protected. Yes, there is sin. Yes, we will die, but they do not have rule over us. They will not end us because we are part of the sheepfold of the great shepherd, Jesus. In verses 14 and 15, we see that Jesus say, I am the good shepherd, that he knows his sheep and his sheep know him. Just as the Father knows, he, knows me and I know the Father, I lay down my, leaf, my life for the sheep. See, Jesus loves the sheep so much that he's bound to them. They are his and he is bound to, just as he is bound to the Father, they are bound to him. And to save the sheep, we see there that he lays down his life. He doesn't, it's not taken from him, but he lays it down willingly. But both God and Jesus know, just as you and I know, that if a shepherd dies, then who looks after the sheep? Aren't they just left at the mercy of the wolves and the thieves? Won't they just be scattered and died and die? Well, I think that's why he continues on in verse 18, where he says, No one takes my life from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to, take it, uh, to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my Father. See, God the Father sends Jesus, the shepherd, to die for his sheep. But he also commands that his sheep will not be abandoned. But the shepherd would rise from the dead, as Jesus did, and forever, continually, eternally care and protect and give life to his sheep. So he died for our sins so that we may be forgiven and have access to God. And he has raised this great shepherd to care for us. And for us to know that today, even while we're in lockdown, while we might be feeling lonely or isolated or disconnected, that this shepherd still calls us by name still today, even right now. If we follow this great shepherd, we are always connected. We always have a life of joy, of delight, of peace, of safety, a life of of thankfulness and a life of soul satisfaction. We will never be forgotten or we don't need to fear not being known because our God, our Saviour, our Shepherd Jesus knows us and will never forget us.
And I hope that this weekend that this brings some of us, or hopefully all of us, some sort of comfort in that. That as we, as we move to heavier restrictions and we feel more and more isolated, that we are never, ever isolated from our shepherd because he knows us and he calls us. And I want to encourage us to hear his voice, to know his voice and to seek him, to take joy in him and delight in his voice. Let me pray for us. Dear gracious God, thank you for... Uh, we thank you for sending your shepherd, the good shepherd, our great shepherd Jesus, so that we will be forever known. We, not, we don't need to fear death. We don't need to fear sin. We don't need, need to fear being forgotten or not seen because you know us and you see us and you have saved us from sin and death. Father, we look forward to that day when we will not just get out of uh, our physical lockdown here, but that we will, get down, we will get out of lockdown of this earthly body and be with you in freedom in heaven forever. Amen. Thank you very much, Joy. Appreciate your efforts in bringing us the word today. Um, I, what I was struck by when um, you were getting into John 10 was Perhaps the the number of things um, encompassed in, in almost in the enormity of what Jesus has done on the cross. So you're talking about he brings us peace, he keeps us safe, he defeats those wolves and thieves of sin, he revives our soul, he brings us safety and comfort. I was just wondering, like, why do we sometimes why do we sometimes find it hard as humans to understand the enormity of what Jesus has done? Yeah, that's, I think it's a really good question. Um, I, I think we can. We, I think complacency sometimes is the is the thing. Um, I think uh, we can. I, I guess it's like things in history. We can forget what has been done for us, what has been achieved for us. Uh, I know talking to my kids about having to use uh, the old kind of dial phones that were plugged into the wall and you couldn't go anywhere. They. they it's a concept that's hard for them to understand. My son was getting upset that we didn't have internet for about two minutes. It's like, yeah. it's not working. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that we, we can fall into that trap sometimes, that uh, it can be uh, either something that is, is hard, as a, a hard concept to, to grasp or to remember sometimes, uh, but also that we, 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 do, we are just prone to forget things. Uh, we forget keys. We can forget. Oh, I'm not saying that Jesus is <laughs> like keys, but we, you know, we can forget all sorts of things. Um, and I think that that's one of the great things about being, uh, you know, as Christians, we are saved to be part of a church, not to be individuals. Uh, and when we come together as a church, is to remind each other of what Jesus has done. Uh, that's why I think you know Hebrews. We're about to do a Hebrews series uh, next. You know, it talks about how we are not to get out of the habit of meeting together, so that we can spur each other on in love and good deeds to remind each other of these truths. I think when we are not meeting together, that's when it gets easier to forget. That's why I hope today was a bit helpful uh, for us to to be reminded mm-hmm. of those things. Yeah, thank you, Katie. Is that something that you sometimes find difficult? Is to, I mean, I do. I think I do in terms of grasping the enormity of what. Jesus' death on the cross means? Is that something that applies to you as well? Um, Yeah, I think growing up in a Christian household, it's very easy to forget how important the cross was and how um, beautiful and 
gracious and amazing that sacrifice was I think because I heard about it all the time (laughs) as a kid I think I sometimes forget the enormity of it and how wonderful it is and so there's just some times where I just get um, a bit shocked almost and reminded of that beautiful gift that Jesus gave us and um, I'm very thankful that I still get reminded that you can't be complacent about the sacrifice that Jesus did because he gave us everything. He gave us life. And um, as a growing up in a Christian family, going to church every week, going to a Christian school, uh, you hear about the cross a lot. Um, But being reminded about its importance and it's not just a symbol, it's Mm. something that actually happened Mm. and that actually happened for us is something that... um, I love to be reminded of and it strikes me or it in weird times and weird moments but I'm so glad that it still does because I don't want to forget about that because of how wonderful it is if that makes sense yeah. mm. I think it's like um, it's it's pretty disarming I think that's I think that's one way I, I think about it is that I think I've had various uh, experiences like yourself is like you easily forget about it um, and I think it does disarm us and I think that's also what Jesus' death does is exposes us to really the wretched sinners that we are and that by being reminded of it and being exposed of it we're able to perhaps not be as complacent as we, we might be. Joy, another question I thought I could ask you is like how do we uh, fight against that complacency? How do we allow the Holy Spirit to be much more present in our lives? Mm. Uh, yeah, that's a good question. I think um, one of the things we can do... Oh, there we go, third time. <laughs> oh, no. It's got to be almost a zero, hasn't it? Oh, I reckon. I'll be coming last in the Olympics of <laughs> a mask Mas- taking Mask removing. Um, <clears throat> oh, look, I think um, one of the, uh, there are a number of things we can do. I think... Uh, making sure that we keep... Like one of the things about going into lockdown is routines go by the wayside. Yep. Uh, I know that. I'm <laughs> sure most of us do. Um, uh, and so, therefore, our, our reading and our prayer uh, routines can go out the window. So, I think one of the, uh, the, the two things we can make sure that we do our best to, to keep hold of. Um, you know, Bible reading plans are fantastic. We're one coming out for Hebrews, uh, which is good. Um, I think, uh, think to just finding, uh, finding people to be accountable to brothers and sisters uh, in Christ who are willing to be discipled and disciple you. Um, so that way that, you know, they're, they're checking in on you. They're, they're always concerned about how you're traveling with the Lord. Um, uh, and, I, and I think too, you, you, I think something we, we've all can do for one another is to be praying for one another re- regularly. Uh, and we don't always have to do that by name. We can just, you know, pray for our church and, and everybody in it. Um, yeah, there's, there are a couple of things I think mm. that are worthwhile doing. Katie, can I ask you a question um, in terms of routine and habits? Do you have one in terms of your Bible reading and, or what actually works for you? Um, yeah, I, I do have a routine. I'm a bit of a routine person. <laughs> um, I did kind of, going into lockdown, get a little bit out of my routine. And um, in the past couple of days, I was like, oh, I need to get back into that routine and make sure that I'm doing it. Um, so I'm a disability support worker and I have to be up really early to go. What time? Um, I start work at 7.45. Okay. 
Um, so I don't have time beforehand, but what I do do is when she's eating her breakfast, she likes silence. Um, she doesn't really like to talk with you while she's eating. So I'll take I can that. Understand that. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take that moment of quiet and I will do my Bible reading then and be able to pray and read my Bible while she's eating. And um, I find that what better way to, while I'm waiting for her to go, some like go to take her to day program to read the Bible and pray. And um, when I do uh, do my Bible reading right now, I'm, I pick things that are um, relevant to my life. So right now I'm doing rest um, because of all the craziness um, with the wedding and all that kind of stuff, I was very, very tired. Um, and I found myself slacking off on things like Bible reading. And yep. so I did the rest. And um, I just read something about the importance of meditating on God's word and what that means and how to do that um, this morning, actually. And I was really um, challenged to make sure I do do that. And so I did um, been thinking about that. And when I do pray, I try and think of people who are struggling or um, I'll check in on people or if they pop up in my head to pray about I'll pray for them um, and then I'll be like oh maybe I should check how they're going or oh, I know they're not going well um, and so I'll message or try and do something for them and so talking with God is another great way of being accountable to making sure other other people's well-being and are okay and they're okay and um yeah, so that's kind of what I do. Um, make sure I have a set time to read the Bible and pray. Um, and I don't want it to be like a chore. And so making sure that I want to do it is something most important. If I wake up going, oh, I have to read my Bible so I can tick it off that I'm a good Christian today, it's not. you're not going to get anything out of it. Um, so being wanting to do it and trying to be excited about it is something that I'm working on right now because I don't think I have been previously. Um, so there are some things that are working in my life that I'm doing. Mm. If that. How about you, Joel? Are you uh, I've, uh, in the last year or so, I've started doing journaling as well, which I find really, really helpful. So, um, and I have recently dropped out of that habit as we're talking about because it all like changes. I've had changes around my work and also changes around. Um, with lockdowns and stuff like that. You um, your baby in the house and yes, yeah. Well, she's she's actually almost eleven months now. Oh, so wow. <laughs> yeah, so she's been around for a while now. <laughs> um, I but I when I can get it right, the habits that I really like is read my Bible first um, and then journal about it, um, and that like and how I can link what's going on in my life with what I've read in the Bible, and I find that uh, a huge um, encouragement and a, a, a big part of my growth in the last year has been really helpful with that and um, being able to take the things in my life that are upsetting me or find frustrating or like uh, helps me process my emotions better by, but also by um, testing that against God's word is something that I've yeah that in the last year that's been my, my, my in my opinion my biggest leap forward for me in terms of my growth I think it's I've been it's been fantastic and I've loved loved doing that so mm. that's probably the thing that I love doing and then in my routine, I actually pray in the car on the way home from work. So I pray at my, after my day and just so it can kind of spread out because if I put reading and prayer at the same time, even though I'd, I'd like to, I think like I've got to leave at seven, quarter past seven to go to work in the morning too. So that's um, sometimes that's a little bit difficult to fit that all in in one go. So, mm. yeah, that's mm. it. Anything else, any other little habit that you would share? Um, I think um, 
I think it's not a bad idea sometimes. Like, you've got to work out what works best it's for best you. Best one yet, by oh, the way. I heard that. <laughs> um, yeah, I think working out what, what fits with your routine and your day and all those things, you don't want to, uh, you don't want to kind of like have it as a tack on or anything like that. Mm. But yeah, sometimes, you know, reading in the morning, praying at night, sometimes you find yourself even being able to pray through the days. And they're, mm. uh, some of it for me, anyway, for the days where I feel really most connected, I guess. With uh, with God is is when I just have I just realise I've just been in a conversation with God all day, um, and they're really beautiful moments when you have those. Sometimes you know sometimes we don't have those days where it's just full on and we can't mm-hmm. do that, um, and that's really helpful uh, when we get those. But I, I think praying, uh, taking, uh, scheduling prayer sometimes isn't isn't a bad thing. Uh, if we if we know we've got if I, I try to do this if I know I've got things back to back, I try and give myself a ten minute window mm-hmm. just to stop and to pray for what's just happened and for what's about to happen um, so that I'm going in not stressed from, you know, from what's just happened or what's about to happen, but um, just letting God take, you know, take yeah. control of what's going on and just give it all to him. Yeah, I find with the habits that if you are, I think, Katie, you were saying that like, you realised that you had dropped off the habits mm. and that's when you start to realise like, something's a bit off kilter. Like mm. if you, for me, it's kind of like if I'm not exercising and I'm not... Uh, reading my bible and praying and stuff it's like things like oh why why are they like just you know you know a little bit maybe um just feeling a bit off off track and those are the things that i find a really good side i think yeah it's cool if you can get away to build those habits into your daily routine mm. i mm. think that's really helpful something that i do as well that helps me to make sure that i'm following through with what i say um if someone shares with me something that's been going on in their life and i say to them i'll pray for you um I don't. I felt like when I was younger, I used to say, "Oh, I'll pray for you," because I felt like that was a really godly answer. And I was like, "Yeah, I'll, I'll pray for you." If I remember. If I remember, and I always would forget. But I said I pray for you, so I, like, good work. But um, now, if I say I'll pray for you, I will. And by d- what I do is, in order to remember to pray for them, is as soon as I get in a moment by myself. Um, after talking with them, I'll pray straight away before I forget. And I find that once I pray pretty quick, like very soon after saying that I'll pray for someone, I'll remember it more frequently in my prayer mm. time. Mm. Um, so that's been something that I've been challenged by, not just saying I'll pray for you and not praying, but actually praying. And um, yeah, I felt like that has also um, improved my routine because if I'm trying to make sure I'm praying for someone I said I would pray for, it means that I'm then making sure that I'm talking with God and having that time with him. Um, yeah, so that's been a helpful thing that I've put in place to A, get me to pray and B, follow through with mm. <laughs> what I said. And I think like hearing both of you guys talk about how important prayer is and I remember reading, I think it might have been Disciplines in a Godly Man and it talks about contemplative prayer where mm. you sit down and, and pray and then like a, a I can't remember the exact word, but maybe chattering prayer. It was like throughout the day you're talking to God like you were saying, Joy, mm. and you, you were saying that too, Katie. Um, that's something that probably I need to get better at. Mm. I think I'd, I'd like to get better at and just say, oh, thanks God for that. Thanks God mm. for this and pray for that person. So anyway, mm. plenty of things to think about, guys. Um, hopefully you gain some value from that. Um, we're going to now delve back into the archives and um, have a listen to a song and sing to, sing to God. And then we'll be back after that. Thy faithfulness 
And uh, as always, we always like to talk to God. So Jai and Katie are going to take care of that for us now. So go ahead, guys. Katie first. Let's go. (laughs) Um, Heavenly Father, thank you so much that you know us and that 
you love us um, and that you are our Heavenly Father who always is there, um, even in times of struggle. And we do just pray for the COVID situation, Lord. Um, I pray for those in our community and as well as across the world who are dealing with the impact of COVID. Um, I pray that you have your hand over that situation um, and that um, you would intervene and bring an end to the cycles of infection that continue to spread across our world, Lord. Um, Thank you that uh, Australia has been pretty protected from it and I do just pray that um, you'll continue to have your hand over that situation. Um, I also just pray for those who are sick or struggling. Um, Please be with them, Father. Give them your peace and your comfort um, and help them to know that you love you love them and that um yeah that they can get through the t- this tough time that they're going through please be with with them and help them to remember that you you are god and we are not i just pray for the cells um i pray for jake and trista and karen and anthony and and beth i pray that you'll be with them um as trista is in her third trimester of pregnancy and there's been some complications father um Please be with them, help them to have faith and to trust in you and um, pray for Karen and Anthony as they support Jake and Trista that you'll be with them, help them to um, have a have a strength that surpasses their understanding. Um, yeah, just to really be able to trust in you um, and that the baby will grow and become stronger um, and yeah, for a few more weeks, Lord, please have your hand over that. Uh, I pray for the slabs, um, for Joel and Mary and the team as they've had to um, postpone um, their surf camp. Please be with them um, and any of those who have been impacted by those changes um, and the communities um, who have been impacted by that, please be with them, Father. Um, I do pray for the other Indigenous communities who have been impacted by COVID. I pray for Ike and Eileen Gordon and um, George and Carmel Ferguson and Michael Duckett and Gum Naden as Indigenous leaders. They are concerned about the new Delta variant spreading into their communities. Please have your hand over them and um, other regional communities and um, other Indigenous communities that you'll be with with them and help them to... um, trust you through that situation lord um and father i also pray for the macarthur indigenous fellowship i pray for michael as he preaches at saint peter's nadoc service this weekend um please be with him help him to preach clearly and that um he's received well and that um we will see reconciliation between aboriginal and non-aboriginal australians thank you that you've given michael that talent and that um you've put it on his heart to preach your word um, and to share about um, Aboriginal and non-Aboriginal Australians being reconciled and being in community with one another. Thank you for his work, Lord, and please continue um, to help that good work occur. Amen. Amen. And Father, we uh, we continue to pray uh, in particular for um, our brothers and sisters at uh, Living Waters Aboriginal Church in Redfern. Father, we pray for that community there as they look for a new youth minister. Father, we pray that you be continuing uh, to guide them in their search and that you would supply them uh, a youth minister who loves you and your people and is excited about ministry in the Redfern area. And likewise, Father, we pray too for Mount Druitt Aboriginal Fellowship 
Father, we pray that as uh, they look for a new leader, we pray uh, that you will be preparing the right person to lead uh, that, that fellowship, that church out there. And that uh, the accommodation for their ministry in the Western Sydney area, uh, we, Father, we pray that you would, that you would just uh, give them the place to meet and the, and the, the people and uh, the opportunity to share the good news of Jesus out there. Father, we pray too uh, for Walgett. Uh, Father, we thank you in particular for George and his family as they spread the good news of Jesus in the Walgett area. Father, we pray uh, for the ongoing work there. In particular, we pray too for George and for Ike as they, uh, as they work together in Western New South Wales. We pray that you continue to grow that, that friendship and that partnership, that we'd see much fruit and much glory towards you. And that we pray that we see many souls one for you through their ministry out there. Father, we also pray for, for Shaq uh, down the south coast. Father, we pray for, um, for them as they search for a new leader. In particular, Father, we thank you for the leadership of Phil Miles down there and the work that he has done for a number of years. Father, we pray that, uh, that you will find the right man to head down there as they look for an Indigenous leader to lead the Aboriginal community down there. Father, we pray too that you continue uh, to help uh, Jeff at uh, All Saints Nara to continue with Phil and others at, at Shack to continue to build that strong, uh, strong connection, that they continue to partner with one another for your glory in the Shoalhaven. And finally, Father, we pray for um, our brothers and sisters in Bawarana. We pray for the, the Gordon family, pray for Ike, pray for Eileen. We pray that you continue to keep them safe, uh, especially as they are on the road in the Northern Territory at the moment. Father, we pray that you continue their ministry amongst the, com uh, the Aboriginal community up at Borana and in the Northern Territory, that they have a great time of fellowship and that, uh, that, uh, that we will hear wonderful, amazing, awesome stories of people falling on their knees and confessing you as Lord and Saviour as their lives are turned upside down by the good news of Jesus. And Father, we pray too for us here at Sorrow Revival Church across all our campuses. Father, we pray that we continue to put our trust in you, put our eyes, uh, set our eyes on you, that we would hear your voice and that we would delight in being known by our God and Saviour. Amen. Amen. Oh, no. It's a low rating there, Katie. Um, thank <laughs> you, you very much. Did you the glasses thing too? Uh, I just dragged them down the front of my nose. The big old snout. Uh, um, thanks very much for joining us, Joy. Thank you very thank much, you, Katie. Really appreciate it. Thank you for the talk, Joy, and the discussion that we had. Um, one thing that I've learned is that let's keep praying, guys. Um, even though we, are, we do become isolated, we still have God to talk to and we can continue to seek His glory and His comfort by talking to Him. Uh, that's all we have for this gathering. Thank you very much for joining us, guys. Also, make sure we've got a little, you tune in or stay tuned in because we've got a live stream coming up. So who knows what it's going to be, but it's going <laughs> to be a live stream. <laughs> hmm? They don't even know. No, no I, nobody knows. We'll have to see. Pray about it. Um, guys, thank you so much uh, for joining us and we'll finish up with a one-way. Bye.